Sit back, relax. You're on board the Daily Sports Express. We're making our stops on everything you need to know about today in sports. With your conductor and host, Jason Salchman. Couldn't have said it better myself. So we have a lovely Wednesday morning. Wednesday, May 10th. Last night, one NBA game in play. The Spurs-Rockets, it was a great game. If you listened to me yesterday, these teams are just playing for their their death here. But, hey, you always play and you never know. That's why it's sports. But it was a great game. It goes into overtime. The Spurs are already minus Tony Parker in the game yesterday or last night. Kawhi Leonard injures his ankle early, injures his knee in the same game, and uh, obviously bothered by it. The game goes to overtime, and Kawhi's unable to play in the OT. Spurs have a 110 to 107 point lead with eight seconds left. Everyone in the building knows who's getting the ball, and then this happened. Mills and Gordon and picked up, and that was a good call because. The position helps Anderson. Here's Harden. Ginobili's on him. He's got oh, shot. What a play by Ginobili. Knocked it away. San Antonio wins in overtime. Great defense by Ginobili. I mentioned prior that everyone in the building knew who was getting the ball. It's not like he was triple team, but they made it awfully hard for Harden to get any sort of good shot off. Does a little bit of a dribble to get to the three-point line. Crossover doesn't fool everybody. Gets in front of Ginobili. The ball goes behind Harden's head. Ginobili swipes it away from behind, and that's the end of the game. Spurs hold on 110-107 without Tony Parker or Kawhi Leonard out there in overtime. James Harden did score 33 points on 11-24 shooting. Kawhi, while he was in the game, 22 points, 15 rebounds. Harden did add 10 assists to those 33 points. He was 7 of 8 from the line. Spurs outscored the Rockets 9 to 6 in OT. Low scoring fourth quarter, very defensive ball game. In the fourth quarter, the Rockets put up 16, Spurs 15. Was a great game, no doubt about it. A great basketball game if you like good competitive basketball where teams are going all out. Great game to watch. It's hard for me to watch because the inevitable is, well, whoever wins this series is going out versus the Warriors. Oh, well, Jason, you don't know that. Well, Jason, you know, anything could happen. These teams are have been tested, and they have James Harden, an MVP candidate, and Kawhi Leonard, an MVP candidate. You can make any argument you want. The Warriors are going to destroy either one of these teams. Rockets only played seven guys yesterday. Don't want to harp on D'Antoni too much, but in an overtime playoff game when guys are going all out, seven men, I know they're deeper than that. Didn't quite understand that. You figure that's their one advantage with an injured Parker and then Kawhi going out later. You figure their advantage is going to be the depth. But only start seven players or only play seven players. Harden did have that triple-double, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And he had a chance to win the game, uh, however, getting blocked at, uh, by Manu Ginobili late. Uh, Kawhi Leonard did play 38 minutes. He did exit with that ankle injury. 
stepped on Harden's foot while running back in transition with five and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And uh, Tony Parker, like I said, he's already out with that hurt quadricep. He is having surgery. He'll be out the rest of the playoffs. Big win for San Antonio. You think they would need it. They go back to Houston for game six. The big three-pointer was Danny Green hitting a three-pointer with just 30 seconds left to play. And that ended up being the game winner. So we shall see what happens in game six. And if it pushes to a game seven, I believe it will be pushed to a game seven. From there, it's anyone's ball game tonight at 5 p.m. Western time. We have the Boston Celtics at home taking on the Washington Wizards. That series is tied 2-2. Boston is favored by four and a half points. One month away from Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers. Just about a month away. We are sitting at May 10th, June 10th. We should be, oh, I don't know, two or three games deep in a great NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers. Kawhi Leonard did come out and say he's going to play in Game 6. He vowed to play in Game 6. Obviously, your body has other thoughts. But um, as of right now, Kawhi saying he will play Game 6. You want to watch a good basketball game tonight? It'll be another good one uh, in in Boston. Washington Wizards versus Boston Celtics, 5 o'clock. No doubt about it, it'll be a good game. Before we get off basketball, everyone talked about LeVar Ball. He was everywhere last week. Not only was he everywhere last week, he's been everywhere the past couple months. Uh, I figure that's what the shoe is worth. <laughs> I like the way it's styled. And see, when you're your own owner, you can come with any price you want. Right. Uh, how you feel it is. Now, see, with Nike and Under Armour, whatever price, I bet you LeBron, Kobe, none of them sat in on the price point. Because they're going to sell it for what they want to sell it for. I said, let Nike and Adidas and Under Armour, they battling below me. Okay. Let them go ahead and put in battle their stuff in Foot Locker. Okay. I'm better than them. Okay. So I'm a step above. You could say, ah, I don't like what he says. Ah, he's a pain in the ass. Ah, he's an idiot. I think he's just pure genius because what other college basketball star's dad do you know of? And he's not just promoting his one son. He's got three of them. And the other two are going to UCLA. And now they are going to be in the limelight. Whether you think it's good or bad, they are going to have a ton of limelight. And UCLA has already started recruiting much better than prior to the ball era. UCLA is back on the map. And then Ball comes out with his $495 pair of shoes. Ridiculous, right? But what hasn't LeVar done that hasn't been ridiculous? Said he'd beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Compared his son to Stephen Curry. I mean, there's never, ever been a player like Stephen Curry. What makes his what makes him think that his son is going to be Stephen Curry? I couldn't compare one player to Curry. Curry's Iverson mixed with... Well, you don't want to give him Iverson because he doesn't slash like that. But his size is more Iverson. But he's Reggie Miller, a small size of Reggie Miller and just the best dribble. Eh, I don't even want to compare him to any player. He can shoot the ball like Reggie Miller. He can handle the ball like Allen Iverson. Doesn't slash like Allen Iverson, but he dribbles just as he is the smoothest player I can think of. LeVar Ball is just pure genius. He keeps his name out there. He keeps his brand out there. He keeps his boys in the limelight. And he always has his boys back. What's wrong with believing in your sons? 
Is he boisterous about it? Is he loud about it? Yes. And this is not coming from me. This is coming from Ball. He says anyone that questions that, they're always white. And if you've lived in a black community or spent time in a black community, yeah, sometimes they could be loud and sometimes they can be boisterous. And LeVar Ball said he's been that way his whole life. And he's been backing his boys like that his whole life. It's nothing new. Does he say crazy things? Yes, but we latch on. Can you even name the number one pick in the NBA draft? It's Michael Fultz. Okay, after that, can you name the number three or four or five pick? Probably not, but you can name Ball. Interesting stuff, just however you want to look at it. I hope he goes on to have a good uh, NBA career. I think he should, but you never know. College and NBA do not always translate. Matter of fact, they almost never translate. You never know. We're going to spend the rest of the show talking baseball. Jim Bowden put out an article recently fired by ESPN. Yeah, one of those 40s-plus people getting the axe. Put out an article stating 12 rule changes he think would help MLB. Not necessarily speed up the game, which is something the commissioner... Manfred has on his mind, but just help Major League Baseball. I'm going to go over these 12 changes, tell you what I think about them. One that we've heard is put a man on second base for extra innings, which totally changes the complexion of the game. It changes runs. It changes on base percentage. It changes RBI. changes the score of the game. So for those reasons, you know, baseball, you know my stance is baseball is all about numbers. If it wasn't the only sport that we've ever even been annoyed with people taking steroids is Major League Baseball. Why? Because the purity of the numbers. But if a guy is caught with steroids at football, well, duh, he's taking steroids. Or in the NBA, big deal. But baseball, it was a huge deal. So why put a guy on second when that's just going to change all the purity of the numbers? Well, what, Ma- what uh, Bowden says in his article is do that only in games after the 11th inning. So 12th inning plus start to put that man on second for both the top and the bottom half. I'm still against it. I like the fact that he's not saying to do it in the ninth. This way, 12 inning games or, or, or more will be gone. Major League Baseball actually just a couple days ago put a poll up on Twitter asking Twitter followers of Major League Baseball, how would you like to handle extra inning games? Would you want a guy on? Would you want the 75%, which is a staggering amount, said keep things status quo. So the fans have spoke and they want things status quo. I'd say leave it alone. How many 15, 16 inning games do you see a year? One or two? At most a handful? And normally those are the most exciting games. Do you stick around and watch them all? Maybe not. But the guys that do, those fans that do, number one, they're super loyal, they're committed, and they get the payoff because it's just a marathon and a dance and and it's what baseball is all about. So so please don't change extra innings. Next up on his ideas was to unify both the AL and NL. Either way, either have the DL in both leagues or don't have the DL in both leagues. I am completely fine with how that is. A matter of fact, I really like how it is. I don't think you should change a thing about the American League designated hitter or a thing about the National League. It gives you two different brands of baseball to follow. I am for it. I am completely for it. The DH has been around my whole life. I wouldn't mind. I just don't see the need to change it. I really don't. And then when you go on the fact of if you're pushing for quicker games a dh means more action at least in the run department 
means more hits, means more time being played. Went to a couple Angel games back to back a couple weeks ago. First game was like a four hour game, three and a half hours. Started at 7 10, didn't end till 11. It was long, and it was a high scoring game, and there was a ton of hits, and yeah, it's fun. The next day it was a two to one ball game, and that two to one ball game was quicker, it was sharper, the defense was better, the pitching was better, and as a baseball fan, I have no problem with that, especially being at the game watching. Because next thing you know, you're an hour looking up at the inning, and it's not inning two, it's inning five. And it's been a good baseball game. I'm not opposed to runs. A six to five game, an eight to three game, sure, they happen. Nothing wrong with that. You get to see a lot of runs. And it's fun to see home runs. I went to an eight to one baseball game earlier this year. The Astros uh, versus the Angels. Great game. Saw some bombs. Every time I've been to a baseball game that ends 2-1 or 1-0 or 3-2, I don't sit there thinking, man, I wish that was just boring. No, because you see good defense, you see good pitching, you see some double plays turn. Getting away from it a bit. Just keep the DH in both in the American League. Keep the NL the way it is. Please don't, don't change it. I like having the option of two different things. It's completely two different strategies. Next up on his list was steroids. Changing steroids from an 80-game suspension to a full year. Not only that, he makes it harsher. It's a full-year ban. Also, on top of that, it's a two-year postseason ban. On top of that, your contract goes from being guaranteed money, which contracts are in Major League Baseball, to non-guaranteed. So if the team wants to cut you for doing the steroids, see ya. I don't mind it. Steroid punishment has already gotten big. 80 games is a lot. Your second offense is a full year, I believe, and... Uh, yeah, I think that players are rich enough and smart enough that if they want to get away with taking steroids, they are. The home run ball per player has gone, you know, there's nobody hitting 50, 60, 70 home runs right now, but the home run ball as a whole in the league is actually up record high numbers. So, I mean, I don't know what the, where, you know, you just never know. You never know. And athletes are clean enough and smart enough and have the money to pay the best to do what they have to do to get the edge. By the way, if they get busted a second time in his in his criteria, they would be a lifetime ban. I'm fine with it. No problems with it. Really want to get steroids out of the league and make it a big consequence? Do that. And then players like A-Rod or Manny Ramirez or, or well, I guess Bonds didn't get busted, but these guys, they get busted, that's it, you know? it's it's You're either done taking them or you're out of the league. And a two-year playoff postseason ban, you better believe the team's going to think twice, well, hey, we're, we are a playoff team and this guy can't even play in the postseason the next two years. Do we just cut him? So he's harsh on steroids. I'm fine with it that way. I'm kind of in the middle. I think steroid punishment is good as is now. I'm okay if I, I would have no qualms with it getting harsher. His next I am against, I think people become too sensitive and too someone's going to get hurt, someone's going to die. The game's been played for 100 years. Anyhow, let me get to it first. Throwing at a player's head, it goes from four games to a 30-game suspension. I have a feeling most listeners, most people are, would be in favor of that for myself. 
it becomes a slippery slope. What is throwing at a player's head? Did the guy get away? Did Was it completely at the head? Did the ball get away from the pitcher? Did the guy move in time to where it wasn't close to his head? Uh, what is considered if the ball is it take for the ball to hit him in the head? Uh, I don't, you know, it is wrong to throw at the head. A lot of times it doesn't hit him. Four game suspension, 30 game suspension. It's baseball. We're out there playing a game. We're out there playing a sport, and you have a 190 mile per hour ball coming at you. It's absolutely against throwing at the head. It's baseball. It happens. 30 games is awfully harsh, and I just think it's a slippery slope in defining what is a throw to the head and what isn't, and what classifies as that 30-game suspension. Does it have? If, I mean, if it has to be super clear and nail the dude in the helmet, and it was obvious he was throwing at the head, then maybe. Well, I mean, if we're human. What if the ball gets away from him? I mean, maybe. Well, whatever. The ball got away from him, hits him in the head. It's a 30-game suspension. I guess I'm in the middle on it. I would lean towards no. Four-game suspension is fine. We are playing baseball. Are you going to start suspending hitters for when they hit a line drive right back at the pitcher's head? It happens. Well, you're saying, Jason, that's not intentional. Come on. Well, how many times is it actually thrown at the head intentional, number one? Number two, how many times is it actually hitting them in the head? And I guess if it hits them square in the head and it is obviously intentional, all right, rack up the games. But I, I just think that's entering a can of worms. Robot umpires at home plate. Basically, computers calling balls and strikes. Again, I am in the middle on this one. I'm fine with the umps as is. Obviously, umpires are extremely inconsistent. Not only that, but they are extremely inconsistent ump to ump. Every ump has their own way. You better believe the batters and the scouting department knows who is umpiring the game to know what will be called and what won't be called. It's part of baseball. It's always been a part of baseball, so you are changing some of the purity there. But we are in an era where we can get things right. And if the strike zone could be, I think it's beneficial to the pitcher. I think it's beneficial to the hitter. I don't think anyone loses out. And I also think it's beneficial to the fan because now there's a, a, just like tennis, which has been doing it for decades, there is a clear in and out. This pitch was a strike. How many times do you watch a baseball game that has the strike zone, uh, you know, computation on TV and the ball is so far outside that it's called a strike or the ball is obviously high and called a strike? If a pitcher could hit the corner, a pitcher could hit the corner and it's consistent every time. I, you know, I am for it, and I think baseball will move that way. It might take a long time, but I am completely for it. And I am not for changing much in baseball. I was not for instant replay, and I love instant replay. I was against it, and I love it. I'll, I'll admit it, I was completely against it. So, I can be wrong, and I, I'm probably less of a progressive baseball fan than non- or then M, I'm a non-progressive baseball fan. I like baseball the way it is. Why change a good thing? Instant replay has definitely been a good thing for baseball. I love it. And I think I would be on the progressive side of adding these computer umpires. You still need the ump there to possibly call the strike and ball, but he has the computer in hand to just read it and say ball strike. Take it out of his eyes. The ball's coming 90 miles per hour down the plate. It's back. The, the catchers have become better and better at framing pitches. Can you please
His sixth is an obvious one. It's move early home season games, early home games that are played in Detroit and you know upstate New York or, or New York in general, Baltimore. Move these games to the south and west where the, the, the weather is warmer and you're not having these players playing in the freezing cold. And do it for two weeks, do it for three weeks, a month, and then go back and play the, the new home game and have opening day baseball two or three weeks later up where it's freezing cold. It makes complete sense to me. Why not? Why not? Because next I'm completely against, and that's realigning the divisions to add, basically add two teams, which makes 32 teams, and now you have divisions of four. Eight divisions of four. And it says line them up based on how close proximity. So basically the division in Southern California would be the Dodgers, the Angels, the Padres, and the Diamondbacks. Those are the four closest. The, the North the NorCal would be Giants, A's, Mariners, and I want to say it was Rockies, but I could be missing one there. Makes I'm not for it. I think baseball divisions are already pretty well set up proximity-wise, and there's just some. There are rivalries that date back older than than my parents. So no, I'm completely not for it. Leave that as is. If you want to add two teams, fine. It makes it a 32 is a good scheduling number. It's good for makes everything a bit easier. I don't think baseball needs to add two teams, but I would not realign the divisions. Now, one I definitely would do is realign stats as Major League Baseball front office. And the front office come out and tell fans and make it clear which stats are important and which are not so much. Stats, fans are still basing guys off wins. So Chris Sale goes out, he pitches eight innings, he gives up no runs, he strikes out 12. Kimbrell comes in and he blows the save in the ninth and Chris Sale doesn't get the win. What metric is wins good for? Or a guy comes in and gives up six runs, but he exits the game with a two run lead, eight six, and he gets the win. Wins means nothing. And quality starts, very good statistic. That's an analytic statistic. Stats like uh, OPS, you know, Major League Baseball is a front office, all of you guys get together, figure out what the, the, the most important stats are at this point, and release those to the fans and start basing Major League Baseball stats on different things. Win losses is ancient. To be going off a win-loss record is ridiculous. He is for improvement to instant replay. I think instant replay is good as is. I'm for improvement on anything. One of his things is eliminating the middleman, which is the guy in New York that decides, and then they tell the ump. I'm okay for how it is. I'm okay for a little bit of tweaking. No problems with instant replay. Do what you want. There's a couple I'm not even going to mention because they weren't worth it. Didn't even write them down because I looked at them like, oh, these are ridiculous. But I think I've got, I've hit 10 of them. And the 11th, uh, so there's one I won't mention. The 11th is go from a roster size of 25 to 30. And he also says that you still have to get in your, your roster of 25 three hour prior to game time. So you're still only having 25 a game. <clears throat> Excuse me, but your major league roster is actually 30. And this takes away some of the seven day DL stints with the concussion and the new 10 day DL. Because now you just have a 30-man roster, and you don't have to be putting guys on a 10-day DL because your your roster is expanded. 
I'm for it. I'm not against it. I'm okay with it keeping it at 25 and keeping the DL stuff, but you know, I don't think it hurts. He also in that caveat there, it's keep a 30-man roster all year. No September call-ups to 40. It's a 30-man roster throughout the year. I kind of like that one. No issue there. So that's it. Those are the 12 changes that he would make towards Major League Baseball that he feels would improve baseball. Before I let you go, we'll finish with the Matt Harvey story. It was said that he was suspended for communication issues. Then it came out after the weekend that he was actually suspended because he didn't show up to the ball game on Saturday. Sunday when he was scheduled to pitch, well, Sunday morning he was still out until 4 a.m. at a nightclub. And Saturday he said he couldn't make it due to feeling ill and that obviously wasn't the case and he admitted it wasn't the case here he is apologizing i'm extremely embarrassed by my actions uh, i apologize to my teammates to the mets organization to the Wilpons, to, you know all the way down to the mets fans for doing what i did and, and um, yes i was out on friday night uh, past curfew i did play golf Saturday morning, and I put myself in a bad place to be ready for showing up for a ball for a ball game. That is my responsibility. What this tells me reaffirms what I already thought: Matt Harvey will never be the pitcher that we thought that he showed to be three or four years ago. His mind is not. How do I want to put it? That's not what you see from a guy that's going to get back to elite status. It's just not. And that's the nicest way of putting it. And uh, so I don't even want to get into it too much. I don't want to analyze it too much. It's obvious that if a guy's doing that and it's his night to pitch, his mind just not in the right place. And even if it gets back there, it's probably going to be a little too late. He's getting nothing but older and he's lost command and he's lost that guy that we saw and in the middle of that was injury and that who knows what else going on in his personal life but the fact that you're this is happening during the middle of a season when it's your turn to pitch nope sorry buddy but uh i don't believe that you'll ever be the dark knight again that being said enjoy the rest of your day if you watch the basketball game tonight it will be a good one they are playing for their demise to lose to the cleveland cavaliers but tonight will be a good game it is the wizards and celtics quote-unquote championship series and they are playing for their own little title it will be a great game so tune in tonight at 5 p.m wizards celtics i had a lot of fun bringing you the show Enjoy your day, and most importantly, I hope a lot of sunshine is headed your way.